0: Welcome to The Counter Offer. I am your host, Susanna Gray-Jones, recruitment strategist and owner of Chime Surge. It is my belief that it's simply not worth being a mediocre recruiter. Recruiting is tough and it is my mission to make sure that you get all the best tricks and use the daily rituals to be the highest earning billers to become exceptional recruiters. So, tune in and learn the secrets that the elite don't want you to know. In this episode of the podcast, we introduce a top biller and director from the legal world. Jonathan Pryke leads the Taylor Root private practice team in Dubai, where he focuses on placing lawyers at all levels into international, magic circle and US law firms across the Middle East. Prior to joining Taylor Root in 2016, Jonathan worked as a lawyer in London, both in private practice and in-house. Really looking forward to this episode and hearing from a top filler who has really progressed within an industry I know very little about. Okay, so... Today we have my first guest from Dubai, which happened really randomly and I kind of tricked him into this whole kind of podcast (laughs) experience because we were having dinner, a friend of a friend, and I didn't even know that you worked in recruitment. I don't think you knew that I worked in recruitment. No, I didn't. (laughs) And it kind of happened. Then we were just talking about recruitment and both of our partners were kind of like... God, they stopped talking about recruitment already. And I thought, let's just get this on a podcast. So <laughs> thank you for joining me. On You're the welcome. Thank you for the invite. I've done a little introduction of you, which is like pre recorded, but can you tell our listeners a bit about you and what your background in recruitment is?
1: Sure. I'll keep it brief 36, father of two, married, former lawyer. So I started off my career, like most legal recruiters, doing some form of law. So I went through the traditional route of qualifying i practiced in london for a couple of years and despite trying my hand at a few different firms and different types of work it it just never really resonated with me long term and ultimately found myself although found is a is the wrong word i wanted to go into recruitment and it was something that i did back in 2016 and fortunately had the opportunity to relocate over here in the well, back end of 2017 i've been here ever since and i focus solely on the private practice legal market so that's law firms i don't do in-house or anything like that mm-hmm. and i have gone from my first ever recruitment job. i'm still with the same business nice had the opportunity to obviously move from london to dubai and i'm now a director and head of the private practice team
0: Awesome. Thank you. I love the fact that you didn't just say, I fell into recruitment, that you said, I wanted to go into recruitment. <laughs> Why? What made you want to go into recruitment? Because pretty different from, is it different from being a lawyer? I don't know. You say, <laughs> I imagine it is.
1: It, it is and it isn't. I mean, of course, look, you don't have the, the day-to-day technicalities of the legal job that you were doing, whatever that looks like. But you're still there to ultimately make money money for business look that's mm-hmm. that's what most people end up doing and i think the it was an active and a really conscious decision to move into recruitment i quite openly sort of sat down with a bit of paper when i decided i was going to leave the law and put on one side of the paper things i was good at and things i wasn't good at and mm-hmm. sort of sales and the ability to help people get opportunities and prep people for jobs and interviews is something that I've actually done for a long time, although I didn't ultimately realize years and years on that I'd be going into recruitment. So I still wanted to stay within the legal sphere. I love the law. Mm-hmm. a lot of my friends are lawyers or within the legal industry. And I still wanted to be part of that network. I just didn't want to to do the day-to-day practice. I wasn't the best lawyer in the world. Happy to say that I feel I'm a much better recruiter than I am a lawyer, but I still wanted to stay there. And I wanted to work with like-minded people and the business I work for now, which is Taylor Root, and we're mm-hmm. a global legal recruitment consultancy. We're part Mm -hmm. of a bigger umbrella brand called the SR Group with various business lines within that. And we've just opened up a new one actually called Keller West, which is very IT solutions based. The first time we've ever ventured into something really outside of professional or financial services. Mm -hmm. And that's been sort of, but I wanted to stay within the legal network and the majority of people, certainly when I started at Taylor Root, were all ex-lawyers and therefore the ability to work with, again, very capable, bright individuals was something that was was really attractive to me and separated and differentiated Taylor Root from the other businesses out there.
0: Yeah, that's really interesting. I think like one of the things that always, I, I always, a question I always ask myself because I kind of toyed with the idea of going to legal at one point, do you have to, do you have to have that knowledge of law? Because you mentioned quite a lot of people have been in the legal industry before they've known about law they've been lawyers
1: you don't have to but it helps yeah in the same way that i wouldn't go into it recruitment or yeah. I, I don't have enough of an interest into those markets so i think there's probably a couple of things there number one legal is quite technical mm-hmm. there are different types of practice areas different types of work different jurisdictions different clients so to know the nuances of those particular practices and be able to talk confidently with your candidates and clients is something which most of the time you will be better at if you've worked and practiced in law, at least in some way, shape or form.
0: Yeah, makes sense. Makes perfect sense. I think like one of the things that you don't normally ask someone when you first meet them, which I did ask you, I think, was what's your best ever year? And you had your peak year, billing year last year. Is that correct? Yeah,
1: Yeah, I did. Nice.
0: So over a million. I'm just going to put it out there. Just (laughs) for anyone listening to Lots of people listening to this. That is absolutely huge in the sense that they can't even see how they would ever get to that point what kind of advice would you give them what kind of support do they need to become a one million biller
1: combination of things look it's heavily market driven right i think the recruitment industry not just within legal but across mm. practice areas and across mm. sectors of the last two years of really has really flourished in multiple jurisdictions so even to be an okay biller in previous years, you probably will inevitably have done better the last two. So yeah. I can't credit my million purely down to the ability, the fact that I'm a great recruiter, look, uh, that 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 comes into it. But surely a lot of it is very market related. So you've got to have a good market. You've got to have a bit of good luck. Yeah. But I think the most important thing for me is you've got to be just consistent with your recruitment. And consistency is built up over days, weeks, years, months. And it's about doing those little things right. And it's about being consistently good rather than occasionally great.
0: Yeah. So there's so much so many things with that. Like first of all, being consistent, being disciplined. Another thing that I've learned about you in a very short amount of time. Is that you were very disciplined, right? You were saying about the Iron Man and all this stuff that you're doing. Like, do you wake up at like 5 a.m. or something crazy like that?
1: 4 a.m. Oh my
0: gosh. Okay. (laughs) So what I'm hearing here is because just to kind of fill you in on how how I work, I'm really successful if the night before I get my list together that I've researched and then I do my headhunting calls. I start the day, I've got it in front of me, I feel good it works. It's like my little small discipline thing that I think it helps to make me successful. So, but some days I don't do that and then I fall back. The hell do you stay so disciplined to keep up that? I mean, you're a dad, you're a husband, you're all these things. Like, genuinely, I want to know how does, because there's a lot of people listening to this who might have had some good luck and then fallen. And it's like, yeah, how? Tell us.
1: (laughs) I think the part of the discipline is instilled through the years and years I've done sport. And I, like most people have fallen off the bandwagon in the last couple of years, which is one of the reasons why I've got back on and that ability to, to manage conflicting diaries and requirements of, and trying to be good as you can at several different areas, work, life, training, whatever it might be. But from a very young age, I've always been very competitive in sport and mm-hmm. represented my country in various things. And the discipline that you have and develop over those years is something which ultimately helps you in what is a pretty tough gig in yeah. terms of a career recruitment for anybody that doesn't do recruitment recruitment is not easy you can absolutely get some quick wins and everybody deserves them everybody gets them but to be consistently good consistently top of your game you cannot rely on just having quick wins and having some potluck you have to be motivated as far as you can be day to day not everybody wakes up. I certainly don't and think that I want to go into a day of, of recruiting. Look, it's, some days it does feel more like a job than a calling mm. necessarily. But the majority of the time, I I love the just the nuts and bolts of recruiting. I enjoy getting people jobs. It's as simple as that. And yeah. I p- specifically love recruiting people to this market. I think the, as you and I spoke when we first met, Dubai and the Middle East generally offers a pretty unique opportunity for people in the last, have done, it hasn't in the last couple of years and yeah. certainly will do going forward. So to the ability to bring people in, change their life professionally, personally, that's, yeah. that, that, that's ultimately what I enjoy doing. And look, the money comes off the back of that.
0: Yeah, it is though, isn't it? It's, it's, I think sometimes as recruiters, we underestimate how much it does change people's lives. Like we spend, I always say this, but spend, we spend more time with our colleagues than we do with our family and it's like, we have to like what we're doing. And so many people don't like what they're doing. And that's why I'm trying to, well, same with you. It's why we're trying to headhunt people out of their roles because it is important. And it's a privilege, I think, to be part of that. I think one thing I always thought with legal and I've heard is that it can be a massive roller coaster ride to the point that you can headhunt a whole team and then it's like, it goes quiet. Is that what it's like? I don't think so. I, I guess it can be like that though, if you're that
1: kind but of person on the roller coaster. I think it's more, I think that's for any recruitment market in any sector that you will always have, you have temporary and permanent in, mm-hmm. in terms of what I do. Although it is a far more permanent type of business model out here in the Middle East So we don't do contract work like we yeah. do in our other markets. But the, the problem with permanent is that ultimately you are working with a candidate for a period of weeks, months, years in some cases to get mm-hmm. them to their new role and then you have the whole notice period. You have the the risk factor, particularly in more recent times, of firms buying their people back. Mm. So there's always an, an element of that. Look, when you're doing temporary contract work, it's far more fast-paced. You tend to know that people doing contract work are contractors and therefore will and can manage multiple things at any given time. Not that I've done contract work, I might add, yeah, yeah. J- just from what I know, but it's no more of a roller coaster than anything else. I think lawyers are inherently risk-adverse as individuals. So it takes far more to get them over the line than just a salary or just a brand name. There's a lot more that goes into it than that.
0: Yeah, I can imagine. And I can imagine how detrimental it can be for a law firm to lose a whole team and how nerve wracking that must be as the recruiter when you know that they've accepted (laughs) and you've got the firm, I think you say trying to buy them back. Right? So when that does happen, And there are a lot of people who can, who will be listening to this, who can empathize that I can. I mean, I've learned a few little hacks to get around it. That's why I called the podcast, The Counter Offer. (laughs) But what have you, what kind of tips can you give to anyone who is listening to this, who's maybe on the brink of their best ever quarter and it's relying on that counter offer or the firm or company buying back that person?
1: So much you can do. You will if you're a good recruiter you will have done everything that you can within your wheelhouse to try and influence and do what you can and it kind of comes down to ultimately the question how can you be the best recruiter that you can be and i think that you have to have your client candidate whichever way phrase you want to use you have to have your person's interests yeah. front and center yeah. it has to be the right move for them it can't just be a transaction and a fee and particularly in this market look if you're in a larger New York London Singapore the as a much bigger as much bigger playing field there's far more firms far more candidates mm-hmm. it's far more transactional you rarely go out and meet partners of law firms you're very much reliant on historic relationships with the firm generally been HR and the PSLs and everything else you know those buzzwords that, yeah. that, that we know and love but transactional side yeah exactly and here it's far more personality. it's far more personality led it's far more relationship led you have to have those close-knit relationships with the firms and the partners to be able to help your candidate make them realize that they are going to the right thing
0: yeah so I've got a very good friend actually one of my best friends who works for a law firm Clifford Chance and she's she jokes at me oh these headhunters they're calling me all day they try and get my attention it's really annoying I guess You're probably doing that as well, right? You're calling legal people and trying to get them to go and work in different firms or at least speak to them and find out whether it makes sense. What advice would you give to those people who might be listening to this and they are making those calls to their ideal candidate to headhunt?
1: i must say i don't do that many cold calls you, No, i don't the, do, do you do you
0: not like cold calls do you not believe in cold calls
1: no absolutely i think yeah. it, look, there's, there's real merit in doing it i think when you're a junior recruiter getting on the phone and getting over that fear factor of making a cold call which we've all done yeah. and we still do to this day don't get me wrong but and it's... we also
0: all still are trying to avoid doing them as well <laughs> absolutely
1: <behind there. laughs> i think the we rely certainly i rely here a lot on Referrals. So look, I've been awesome. here long enough that I can rely on that. So it's from placing people sometimes multiple times throughout their career and getting yeah. referral work and referral lawyers off the back of that. Awesome. I also, look, I do approach people that I don't know, but I tend to do it in a softly way, which is I will do an email. I don't use LinkedIn that much. Mm-hmm. It is a, and it's a real combination of, look, I'm quite a slow approach type of recruiter and my view is that you will always get pushed back you will get the occasional rc lawyer that doesn't want to be contacted that's absolutely fine equally you will spark an interest and i think it's very it's a lot easier to spark an interest in somebody that's perhaps is sat in leeds or manchester and say hey do you want to come to Dubai? have you thought about an overseas move how does that does that resonate with you that's a starting point i think the If you're working in those markets already and you are recruiting domestically, it kind of goes to here to some extent. But if you're Mm. working domestically, it is more challenging to get the initial contact with a candidate.
0: Yeah, I like that. The soft approach and kudos for getting those referrals. That's a lot largely down to your relationship building skills, right? So. That's a massive one. And I used to, I must say, I was a really bad manager because I'm more of a biller. I'm impatient and it's not very good, but that's fine. There's paths, right, for leadership in different ways. And one of the things that used to frustrate me about people, their lack of desire to build relationships with people they didn't know clearly that's something that's going to be more difficult i imagine like in the legal world you must what's the worst kind of setback you've ever had has anyone ever like told you to f off or anything like that or
1: i can't think they have done i i've had one or two guys that and they get there were guys in this circumstances who just would reply to the email say hey i'm not interested why are you contacting me why contact contacted me and almost wanted to engage in some sort of debate over why I contact them in the first place. But look, it, it's very rare. I must say the majority, if, if somebody is not interested, they will just say, or they will not reply and they'll usually be very polite about it.
0: Yeah, no, that's true. So if I was a brand new recruiter and I wanted to learn how to stand out and build relationships, what fundamental practices would you advise? <laughs> Other than being a cool person or whatever you want to be. (laughs) You've
1: got to know your trade. Yeah, I think one of the biggest differentiators for a good legal recruiter is uh, we get this response from candidates. If you are, for example, if you are one of the biggest high paying US law firms in London on £400,000 for Mm -hmm. argument's sake, contacting that person as a junior recruiter about a £60,000 a year job in Swindon probably isn't going to do it. But that's what happens. That's what gives recruiters and recruitment a bad name.
0: Hundred percent,
1: Unjustifiably so, mm-hmm. I think, because the majority of recruiters are good at what they do. But I think it's that understanding, that even at a really high holistic level of this person could be interested in this. Mm-hmm. Have a look at the background. There's no use asking somebody if they would relocate to singapore when they had just they've just come back from 10 years in singapore and they've just settled into their new job in london it's it's the absolute basics and you've got to understand what their push and pull factors are you can't just launch into hey i've got a job here are you interested please send your CV to me now. You have to engage. You have to yeah. understand what that person's all about, what they would and would not consider, what their push and pull factors are.
0: So true. And this is what winds me up sometimes when I'm trying to headhunt people and you get there, just tell me about the job. What kind of roles do you have? And I'm like, no, I want to know about you first before I kind of just sell you a job. There
1: will always be people like that. And that's yeah, absolutely yeah. fine. And I think we do find that a lot more with the UK market. And we do recruit internationally. That's how fabric of the middle east is made up with international lawyers but certainly from a domestic when we deal with people already in the region it is more about look i'm at so and so this is what i'm looking for what do you have in mind where do you think could be a good option for me so you go back to the point of being a proper and true advisor or consultant rather than an agent
0: yeah yeah definitely definitely which for me is art of recruiting right like what is the point in recruiting if you're just going to be a transactional recruiter a robot can do your job right so yeah that's fascinating and one thing now that is consistently on my mind and a lot of people have been contacting me about it is dubai (laughs) right so you said to me when i spoke to you before i'm never going to go back to the uk (laughs) and a lot of people are asking me about dubai why dubai for you in the first place what does dubai bring that you're not getting in the UK.
1: List is endless, I think. And look, I I won't sort of speak ill of the UK. It's my home. It's my home country. (laughs) I think for me, there's there's two sides to that. There's the professional and the personal side. I came out here because friends of mine had just relocated from the UK, Australia, and then they moved to Dubai. We came on holiday. We fell in love with the place. I was fortunate that I was in a business that had a Dubai office and I could make the move. And I was fortunate that it was the right time for the business. I could come out and somebody was relocating back to the UK. Really fortunate in that respect. But I think going back to the reasons why ultimately anybody comes here, it's a combination of professionally. For me, it's Mm -hmm. a less saturated market. It's a much closer knit market. It's far more relationship led. You can have a far bigger impact here than you can in bigger markets around the world. Mm -hmm. I absolutely hate transactional recruiting. I hate fast finger first. I hate emails. I don't like doing that, and that's why those markets don't serve me.
0: Yeah, note for any rec-direct.
1: <laughs> but the ability, and I'm seeing it more and more now. Given that I've been here for so six, seven years, the a lot of the junior lawyers or lawyers that I placed over the years are now partners or becoming partners, and you have nice. really good relationships with them. You build out their teams. They, that gives me an immense sense of pride and satisfaction, and being able, again being able to change somebody's and families' lives by coming here is really important yeah. and, and on the personal side I mean look, it's sunny all year round it's tax free earnings it's pretty obvious no I think mean, Dubai is very much at the at the epicentre of, of what's going on globally now yeah. and destination number one for a lot of people there's a lot of investment here it's really exciting yes there's political headwinds and financial issues in other parts of the world the uk is is struggling at the minute and that's and that's a real shame but it's very difficult to for me to consider going back and recruiting from the uk even if i was doing it inbound into this market
0: yeah no i love that do you see a difference then with recruiters back in the uk and back and and here in dubai
1: I do, but I think that's a post-COVID issue, particularly. So I think as a result of COVID, there's a lot more homework in, even though businesses are now clearly trying to get people back into the office because they see real value in having collaboration with teams. And I think what some of the issues that law firms have or have faced are the same ones that recruitment businesses face which is how do you train and support staff how do you get collaboration how do people learn you learn through osmosis you learn by being sat next to really good people you learn by overhearing conversations and that is not what is happening in the uk and look if you want to sit in your bedroom and recruit 10 hours a day and you value your alone time and being able to walk the dog and everything else that's great okay but if you ultimately recruit as quite sociable people they tend to be and part of that is being around colleagues, and part of that is being out and about meeting clients and candidates. And that, that for me, is the real attraction of this market. Is I can't recall maybe once or twice meeting a partner in London in the year I was there, whereas really? I've met two today already. Love that. And it and people are a lot more forthcoming in this part yeah. of the world.
0: I found it a lot more sociable. Like we have made more friends here in like four weeks than we made probably in about two years where we were in the city where we were back in the UK which is interesting and yeah it's definitely a certain type of I think everyone's here for a reason they know their own mind don't they and it's it's interesting and that's nothing bad to say about the business and the recruiters in the UK <laughs> but one thing one thing that I'm really keen to know is what is next because you've been at your company for a long time, right? I'm not trying to headhunt him for anyone (laughs) thinking that he's listening, but is there a danger that you can can become institutionalized? Because I mean, I stayed at a company for 13 years, right? So I get the pull of staying with the same company. It sounds like Taylor Root have a lot of people who've stayed there for a a long time. So why is that? What is it about Taylor Root that keeps people there so long?
1: It's a culture thing. I think I can only speak to myself, right? But we have a very good, very good ethos, a very good ability to retain people. And interestingly, even colleagues of mine that I started with left and returned. There were one or two of them left and returned. They tried other things, other businesses, and ultimately decided to tell the it was for them. And yeah. global mobility is quite a big attraction. We're very good at mobilizing people around the world. One or two guys I started with are in Singapore now or Australia or okay, Ireland nice. and Luxembourg and those sorts of places now. I think the particularly for the Dubai office, look, we're a close knit team. I've got an amazing mentor. Mm -hmm. My, my, ultimately my boss has been with the business 20 years now. He's been recruiting 25, 30 years and he's very supportive of me and what I do and gives me the scope and the ability and the the commitment from him to be able to ultimately grow professionally. And I've been supported throughout that journey because I'd only been recruiting 12 months when I came over here. I didn't really know what the hell I was doing. So I think that we have a really nice environment and that's not to say other places don't, but we have quite a clear trajectory as well. And you earn your promotions with us. I think that's quite a a key thing is some of the bigger corporates. It can feel, it can feel that you just do a bit of time. You'll get promoted. The teams get bigger and ultimately how well you can do as a recruiter based on remuneration diminishes over that time. Mm -hmm. Whereas we have quite a a small team and we, we, have a pie that we split also between a couple of people
0: so if I was say coming to work for Taylor Root would I still have the chance to earn my progression quickly or because sometimes people look at companies and teams and they see people who have been there for a long time and they think oh actually I'm not going to be able to progress very quickly so Mm. would you say that is still possible for the new starters who come and work like there's still places for them to progress.
1: Absolutely, in. look. I would say, ultimately, you can only a team can only be so big, and that's very market dependent. There is no sense, and again, this is perhaps where Taylor Roots and some of our competitors differentiate. We or differ. We have a handful of consultants that all bill very well. Do we cover and do we have full market coverage as a result? No, we probably don't. Mm-hmm. But we have the ability to convert the majority of the mandates that we're on, so our hit rate as a result is very good. Now, when the more consultants that you have, the ultimately you have to spread those clients out. And how mm-hmm. do you do that? And the more junior team that you have, which is the model of some of the bigger corporates, mm-hmm. you don't have the depth of experience. And so when you're relying so heavily on being able to actually advise people properly, it's very difficult to do that when you don't have a depth of knowledge in this market. So mm-hmm. look, we're also very meritocratic as well, just because you're a new you joining with us doesn't mean that you can't, Get promoted yeah. quicker than somebody else. It's purely meritocratic, but there is, particularly if you're relocating to this market, there is an element of you do need to get to grips with with how this part of the world works.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So the question that I'm just aching to ask you is you don't want to become institutionalized have you thought about setting up on your own i mean you must look at the billings and think you know what And a lot of recruiters do i speak to people every day i'm interviewing people and it's always interesting to hear their kind of thought pattern when it comes to that so have you thought about just thinking do you know what i'm going to do this on my own one day
1: honestly no i'm mm-hmm. um, a couple of for that number mm-hmm. one i think the what goes around you know you can sometimes forget you You make a placement, you do whatever you need to do internally, it goes off to finance, they deal with it. They deal with debt collection, they deal with all the paperwork, they deal with all the regulatory gotcha. stuff, they deal with all the legal. When you have to do that on your own, that takes away from the day-to-day job. And look, not too time-consuming, but certainly a consideration. But I think the thing for me is I like... I, I think Taylor Root is a business and the SR Groups yeah. of Business is a great one to be in. And as long as I still think that, I'll, I'll still remain there. As long as I have the opportunities to grow professionally, develop, and ultimately my voice is heard in terms of strategically where we go as a business. That's something really important as well. Very but important. I enjoy being around my colleagues.
0: Yeah, it's a massive thing, social culture and all of that. And I, I, there's so many people who do set up on their own. And then they're like, "Oh my gosh, what have I done?" Like you say, credit control, the bits that you don't think about, like the support mechanisms, the finding the candidates, the things that people take often can take for granted because they see the pound signs and like, woo.
1: All the back office. Look, I think there's if you've been in the market a longer time, and I think longer than I've been here, that I think ultimately you can step into a role that will. If you want to go and do something that gives you more free time with the family or to pursue other interests or other business avenues, then going and set up on your own is a great thing to do if you have the brand and the backing to be able to do that. Mm-hmm. But part of the reason why we can outreach to international clients and international candidates is the Taylor Root brand. Yeah. So me setting up as johnny Pryke and co nobody's going to really unless they put two, two get two and two together nobody's going to see that within the email address and think hey taylor you normally come with come to me with some really good ideas some really good options i'll take a look at the email
0: yeah definitely the brand the reputation i've got two more questions the first one i want to ask you is i want to know what's next like you've got you you've done the sport you're very competitive are you competitive with yourself or just competitive with other people
1: I think you have to be competitive with other people. Yeah. Don't
0: Don't want to play sport against you then. then
1: (laughs) No, no, I think I'm, I'm always really happy and delighted when I see colleagues of mine doing well. I think you you have to be that way. Uh, Yeah, of course I want to do well, but Mm -hmm. you know, you're only really in competition with yourself. And that's, and again, it's how you measure those, measure those metrics. Everybody's got a different outlook.
0: Yeah. So what's your next like personal goal? What are you striving to achieve next?
1: It's a tough one. I think for me, look, I don't feel like I've been here long enough that I'm ever thinking, "Look, is there another move for me internationally? What does another business look like? What are we doing as a family? We're very settled. Mm-hmm. Son's just started school. We're right at the, we're right at the beginning of that journey, and I think for me, I've got enough trajectory within Taylor Root to be able to fulfill me for probably the next, you know, the easy the next couple of years. Yeah, yeah. but you know, with the diversity of Taylor Roots as a brand, we've opened up a number of offices in the US now. We're breaking into other markets. So who knows?
0: So personal goal would be getting your son through school and <laughs> being the best dad, I guess, or?
1: There's that. And then hopefully I'll end up on a beach in Bali one day. <laughs> <laughs> well, that'd
0: be nice, wouldn't it? Although the beaches aren't so bad here. So,
1: no, that's yeah. true.
0: <laughs> you just always strive for the better beach. But yeah. And obviously having two kids, and being a successful business person as you are, what would you, what would like, has that kind of made you think about how you wanna, one sort of takeaway that you want to give them as they grow up about working hard? Or is there a kind of theme that's kind of resonating with how you wanna teach your kids to be successful?
1: Success is, it's subjective. And I think for me, the mistake I made, And many people do going into recruitment is i was so reliant and so defined by what i was in my previous job so i think this is probably the biggest thing as a recruiter you go to a dinner party a pub wherever it is and you meet new people hey what do you do for a living is usually the first or second question you ask somebody i'm a lawyer people instantly go okay wow They want to listen to you. They want to talk. What what type do you do? Oh, he must be bright. He must have money. The usual sort of things, which may or may not be correct. You say, I'm a recruiter. It's almost an, ooh, salesman, turn off. Have I had a positive or a negative experience with a recruiter in the past? Do I like what they do?
0: bit like estate agents.
1: We're like (laughs) estate agents, but hey, we all need them. And I think that's the important part is that you can't let what you do as a job define you and I, that's one of the biggest struggles i had and i let and ultimately one of the reasons why i went to be a lawyer rather than what i should have maybe i should have gone through my recruitment a little bit earlier maybe i should have done something else earlier but being a lawyer gave you the gravitas or perceived gravitas to be able to go out and give you a bit more self-confidence a bit more self-worth where actually yeah. i get far more satisfaction doing the job i do now than than i ever did in the past
0: love that i love that
1: And play sport that gives you the discipline, instills that discipline that resonates and stays with you for the rest of your career.
0: Yeah, definitely discipline. (laughs) Something I'm consistently trying to get back on track, bouncing (laughs) back. Thank you so much for coming on my podcast. And I will definitely be trying to get you on again, no doubt, in the future. And yeah, thank you very much for joining
1: us. Thank you so much.
0: I hope you enjoyed this show. If you liked it, please leave us a five-star review. We continually try to get the top billers in the world of recruitment to help you increase your billings, be a top commission earner, and most importantly, live your most rewarding life. You can find out about new roles on my Instagram, at Susanna Chime Search, and you can find me on LinkedIn or join the Chime Searches page to get all of the latest recruitment updates and tips. Thank you for listening.